Time doesn't heal our wounds. It numbs them. Outside time, those wounds still bleed. And all of our demons still wait for us. Welcome to Horror Movie News Episode 22. We got the cast and the director of Demon of A House of Demons. So let's get to it. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movie. What's happening? Who are we? Don't you blame the movies? Oh. Please don't create the cycles. They don't create the cycles, guys. I'm not sure if you heard. Oh. Yay. It's a party. Yes. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie News. As I said earlier, this is episode uh, 22. My name is Anthony Becerra, and you can find me later. And Carrie. Hey, it's Carrie Lane here. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Oliver Drennan. And with us, super special guests. First off, we got Patrick Meany, director of House of Demons. Woo! Hello. Go ahead and tell us where we can find you on uh, uh, social media. At uh, Patrick Meany, M-E-A-N-E-Y. Thank you so much. And next to him, we have Dove Mayer, like the mayor of L.A. You can find me at uh, at Dove Mayer. Instagram, Twitter, you know. Right on. Keep it simple. I like it. And also, last but not least, we have Caitlin Borgen. And uh, go ahead and tell where you can find her. Uh, Caitlin Borgen. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. And that's the Instagram, K-A-Y-T-L-I-N-B-O-R-G-E-N. And at Miss Caitlin, M-I-S-S-Caitlin. Woo! Right on. It sounds so much better with that music behind it. Yeah, right? <laughs> <It's> very dramatic. <laughs> right on. Thank you all so much for yes, joining us in the so studio much. today. Oh, really wow. appreciate it. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, and we will get to it. But right now, we have to do some quick... House cleaning. Um, so, real quick, uh, so where you can find the show and all of us, so at youtube.com slash popcorn talk network on our channel, as well as our uh, Twitter, our show Twitter at horror news PTN, and of course our popcorn talk network.com. That's about to get an, a new uh, facelift very soon. Um, and also, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, just type in horror movie news and look up for this little icon right behind me, and uh, that's that's us. So pretty much, give us all the five star reviews, uh, comments, and everything. Subscribe, and those of you who comment and rate, subscribe, and everything, send us send us proof that you did so, and we'll have a little treat for you, and we'll reveal that later on in the show. All right, house cleaning done. All right, <laughs> let's get into our first segment, the abyss. So pretty much. Um, as I said earlier before the show, it's just uh, films that we've been watching. Um, of course, all of us, we saw House of Demons. Yes. So I yes. think we'd, uh, we can like, all start with that and just do uh, quick overviews, uh, quick, uh, quick thoughts. Overall thoughts, that's what I'm trying to get to. There you go. Are, are, we are doing this not spoiler-free, right? Because I was like, there's some comments, but I think that would spoil it. Mm. Should we leave that to Patrick? Oh, no, gosh. I mean, I think uh, you want to get people intrigued, so if it's a, a spoiler that sounds like it would make you want to watch the movie, oh, okay. you could say it. Okay. Uh, I, I like that it's a horror movie that involves time travel. Yeah. That was... I was like, that's new. I right? like it. And a talented cast with also Amber Benson, Buffy yeah. alumni, and also you guys are awesome as well, so I enjoyed yeah. seeing you guys just collaborate and just have a lot of fun. I can tell like you guys had a lot of fun with this film. And I have a quick question. I know a lot of you guys are kind of in like the geek community. Mm-hmm. So why was that important to you to incorporate in, in that into this film? Like a geek, total geeky cast. Well, also, yeah, Chloe. Mm-hmm. Chloe, well, Whitney Moore and mm-hmm. Tiffany Smith and Talison Jaffe, yeah. Dove himself, mm-hmm. Jeff Torres. So um, 
I think part of it was just, you know, when we were doing auditions, people who are into that stuff kind of got what was going on and it was mm-hmm. easier to be like you know like this is you watching an alternative version of yourself from the past in a fantasy and stuff some people were just kind of like what what's going on and some people like got it so i think that helped um and i think it's just like you know i know a lot of people in that world and there's a lot of people who are uh, great actors who don't sometimes just host or just you know kind of do more um i guess what a reality type mm-hmm. work but they're great actors so it was fun to kind of bring them in um, and especially people who know each other. I know, Dove, you know a lot of the people beforehand. Um, yeah, I worked with Amber Benson on the short. She directed a couple years b- before, so. Oh, cool. It was great to work with her again in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, would, I would just have to say, uh, I, I tremendously enjoyed this film. I thought it was a very uh, smart film, um, very emotionally driven and also um, psychologically based. Um, and something that it, it touches on the human condition and on so many aspects of, uh, of just, uh, being a human and, uh, having to deal with, um, problems, like internal struggles of, of many, many different lives, um, which I thought it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, bri- uh, brilliant, brilliantly, um, communicated. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for making it such a great film. <laughs> yeah, it definitely um, explores a lot of different kind of traumas that people can experience. Yeah, and, and relatable I, ones. Like even if you don't, you know somebody who has, or you've seen that, or you you get it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I still want to stick to this. Uh, just get yep. through this uh, segment real quick. So yeah, just overall thoughts of that, and um, also I guess I'll go first. Um, it, uh, not necessarily a horror film, but I did see Thoroughbred, so I just touch on it briefly because I did really enjoy this film. Uh, directed by Corey Finley, and um, it was actually a stage play. Uh, well, he's a, like a stage writer, and he wrote this film himself and then also directed it. So uh, it, it does feel like a play at some points. But um, the cinematographer was so... Oh, the cinematographer is the same one. I can't remember his name, but he's the same uh, one who did uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which I also really enjoyed because it's Annalili Amipour, I believe. Um and uh, it was it was quite a delight. I mean, it's very grim. It's not a delightful film, but it's <laughs> I I really enjoyed watching it. Um, Anna Taylor Joy knocked it out of the park as well mm. as uh, um, the other girl who plays Amanda. Um, definitely worth the watch. Uh, I can't stop raving about this film. That's why I want to talk about it just a little bit before I get too carried away. And also <laughs> after that, uh, earlier this morning, actually, I saw Room Two Thirty Seven, which was released in twenty twelve, and it's a uh, it's actually a documentary focusing on uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, The Shining. And it's directed by Rodney Asher. And it's an in-depth analysis of the Kubrick's masterpiece, The Shining. Um, so they break it down. In, I like how they break it down into sections. And they go into so much depth talking about what the labyrinth was to like how Kubrick install, installed so many different like subliminal messages throughout the film that makes it feel so unsettling when you're watching it. Because the whole time you feel like there's something wrong. There's always there's a sense of dread that you're feel, mm-hmm. you're feeling when you're watching it. And there's a sense of uh, uncomfortableness when you are watching it. And um, I I gotta say it was it was it was, it was brilliantly like constructed. Uh, it it uses it doesn't use any like of those like talking confessions like yeah we were doing this kind of like no there's no, none of that. It was all just B roll. And I don't even think they introduced the people who were talking at times. Like they just like mm-hmm. there were just voices. And I loved how um, how it starts off like the beginning. It's like each voice has a different take on the film and, like, what they saw from it, like, mm. from what they got from uh, Jack's typewriter and how that was, like, they related that to the Holocaust to mm. um, how they did the uh, 
the uh, the the, uh, the can of with an Indian in the in the freezer and how it also relates to the the genocide of, of Indians in our country all the way to also what's uh, the conspiracy theories of uh, Stanley Kubrick um, filming the Apollo land moon landing the first one that we saw and how he had a if if it was true um I I also keep it up like nothing definite but if it was true how he had to go through having to go through life t- being able to not tell anybody about it including his wife and so when it's like when Shelley Duvall sees the, the famous typewriter and he, she sees the, the line all work and no make no all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy that's kind of like Stu Kubrick conveying that like this is what I've been working on and it's driving me insane because I can't do any I can't wow. reveal anything and even the people who he let it slip to who he actually like did uh did reveal what he was working on there was dire repercussions and also some of that can be seen as in his film uh, Eyes Wide Shut as well and how uh, Bill's character is is uh, informed that he should not follow the investigation towards the per- the lady that is murdered. If you guys have seen that oh. one, um, but yeah, I thought it was a fantastic film, uh, fantastic do- documentary, and probably one of my favorites. I gotta say, um, and definitely worth checking out. Where and that's can we watch all that though? That was actually on. I saw it on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, and then thoroughbreds in theaters right now. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I saw Tomb Raider again. Um, Twice. I really liked it. Well, I I went with somebody who hadn't seen it yet. Uh, If you guys haven't seen it yet, they do touch upon some kind of supernatural stuff, but give a good explanation of how you could interpret that, and I like that. saw Red Sparrow, and I'm so glad you were like, it's a slow burn, because then I was like, it's fine. Like, it wasn't (laughs) slow, because I'm like, he's like, it's a slow burn, and it is, and I, I liked it, but it wasn't... It's not crazy amazing, but the torture scenes are Mm -hmm. so good, because you don't Mm -hmm. actually see it, but, like, you feel everyone's you cringing. Yeah. You're like, ah, ooh. But they didn't show it, which almost at first was like, well, that's cheap to do. It's like a play on, like, no, whatever worked. you come up with your head is a lot worse than um, what's actually... No, like, you know what they're doing to the person, but, like, for example, they're, like, hurting someone's back. Mm-hmm. And so you see the person behind them doing something to it, but you don't actually see, like, the wound itself, but you know what it is. Oh, so yeah. then you're, you're like... still <gasps> cringing. Ah! Yeah. yeah, I was totally Or it's, cringing. like, below the table or something, mm-hmm. but it's very effective. Um, I started Altered Carbon, which I really like. I'm a little slow to that one, or catching up on that one. Um, there's there's a hotel in it that's a macabre hotel, and it makes me so happy. In the, the, have you watched Altered Carbon yet? No. Oh, you need to watch it. There's a ho- Yeah, it's a macabre hotel, and the person who runs it is an AI, and he's Poe. He's Edgar Allan Poe, essentially. Oh, he's <laughs> he's adorable. The best actor in the, I in love him, yeah. Episode. He was the best actor there. I was like, he's my favorite one so far. Yeah. He's a small character, but I was like, this character. Yeah. Um, but all, it has a lot of interesting ideas of, like, what you are, who you are, and... Similar in the lines of, like, if you had a clone or not, and you died, and your clone goes on, is it really you? But Alter Carbon's a different concept. I'm doing this because it's a disc that you are mm-hmm. that's in your neck. Mm. But they explore it. My really doppelganger, exciting. Joel Kinnaman. Uh, yeah. It's so, it's, so it's, like it's a good whole, show. The whole, like, chappy thing, like, being able to upload your, your, your essentially, subconsciousness or your like, consciousness to other beings. Kind of. Because yeah. at one years old, you essentially get an implant that's, like, a disc this big, and all of your entity but then that questions kind of like where and what is your soul because it's all of your memories and more experiences mm-hmm. but essentially if that whole thing is you and that went somewhere else then yes that is you living on because technically there is that with star trek that when you get beamed up it's not really you and it's a clone and you died 
Mm. No, okay. I was like, oh, super nerds. <laughs> um, but wow. so it's cool. Stone face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're just like, wait, no. Poker um, face. <laughs> but yeah, it's a cool show. I'm only like three episodes in, so I can't really comment right on. on how the rest of it goes. But and we it's also cool. have the after show here at Afterbus TV every Monday at mm -hmm. 10 o'clock. Yay! So check that out. And more be the beginning. Tune in for anime after show at six today. We're talking about that. It's, it's getting really good. Right on, Ollie. Well, I keep it short and simple this week. I really didn't watch anything. I did watch House of Demons, a little film. Um, super excited you guys are here so we can talk about it and ask you questions. Um, but it was my birthday this past weekend, oh, so I did. Birthday. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I did. I did more drinking than watching anything. So, um, but I, I think we all did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I am still watching Jessica Jones, my favorite yes, TV show on mm -hmm. Netflix for sure. If you guys are wa aren't watching it, you better watch it. But um, more importantly, I want to know what you guys are watching mm -hmm. at the moment or oh, have watched. Good. Who wants to take the lead? Uh, I'll, start, I'll start, I guess. Uh, I also saw Thoroughbreds. I oh. thought the acting was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, it made me, you know, very excited to see uh, Ready Player One and see that mm -hmm. uh, Amanda girl, uh, don't know so her name, excited. sorry, uh, uh, back. Yeah. Back in action. Um, yeah, I, I think on, on TV, I've been watching uh, the new X-Files, which I thought mm -hmm. the last season, I was kind of iffy on, but this mm -hmm. season, I think it's been great and um, kind of made me go back and watch a bunch of old episodes, uh, which is you know, nice. exciting to revisit. Hard to believe they're like 25 years old now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, still good. And um, where are you rewatching them? Uh, Netflix the, had them for a long the, time. They're on so. Hulu now. They're on Hulu now. So okay. yeah, um, just kind of been picking out some, some cool. favorites of the past. Nice. Uh, but yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm actually watching Jessica Jones yes. and Alter Carbon. <laughs> Yay! And I won't tell you anything if you guys haven't seen up to now. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. But no. it is a. There are two very different shows. But Alter Carbon is is amazing. I love watching, for some reason, Joel Kinnaman, if you ever watch him in Robocop and you take a yeah. screenshot, it looks like my face. It's really strange. <laughs> um, but uh, I like his depth. I like how, how what he t makes very interesting choices. Mm -hmm. And also the ancillary characters are amazing. Yes. Poe is awesome. And Jessica Jones is, is uh, she's just so surprising to me. That, that actress, Kristen I wouldn't Ritter, ever expect her to be in that mm -hmm. role. And she does some, it just surprises, she surprises me every single episode. Mm -hmm. which is capable of doing it's really cool so those are my two favorite shows right now yeah, yeah. and I, I, I gotta say I do remember when I saw Kristen Ritter on uh, uh, Don't Trust to Be in Apartment 23 which is like a completely different role for her different. Yeah. I love that yeah, show yeah. I wish it lasted more than one season but like unfortunately like it got cut after once, but I'm glad she's our J. Jones now. I she's didn't expect it. I thought it. it was going to be terrible. I was like, this girl's not going to be. Oh, she's she out of my dude. league. She's the best friend. I love her. Uh, yeah. Did you see her in Breaking Bad? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where I first was like, oh my gosh. She, she had a short stay on that yeah, show. Yeah, she was <laughs> so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I haven't watched the new season of Jessica Jones yet, but I watched season mm -hmm. one. And then um, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. Ooh. Cool. Like uh, The Roosevelt's. I just finished uh, Ken Burns, I believe. And um, mm -hmm. so there's seven hour or two hour long episodes of Ooh. all of the it's Teddy, Franklin, and Eleanor. That, that's who they're mostly focusing on. And it's it was really insane to just watch that much footage and thinking that you know them in a certain way and then seeing it uh I don't know. My mind's still kind of blown from that, and I'm trying to like <laughs> see how everything went wrong. <laughs> wow. Anyway, yeah. So that's, and that's been basically. personally, are you like into documentaries as is, or are you like more into like history? Um, I, I mean, I like watching documentaries as an actor because I feel like you get um, 
I don't know, you learn so much more about this time period and you think more about putting yourself in someone's shoes and get all like the little nuances about someone and you're not just like, I don't know. I mean, trying to. <laughs> um, and I mean, history has always fascinated me. Uh, but I also, I mean, I'm also watching The Office right now. So I think <laughs> I have like oh. Best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I'm rewatching it. It's like you got to go back and... I, I think you appreciate things so much more when you rewatch something mm -hmm. after so many years. So. Mm -hmm. And were you a fan of uh, uh, Parks and Recs? Oh, I haven't well? really yeah. watched oh, it. Oh, I know, that's, I know. Uh, I, I'm literally I'm just like, thinking that. I'm like a little jealous because I was like, oh, I can't wait for you to experience that. Like, <laughs> it's such a good, okay, it's such a great I'll, show. Yeah. Once I finish The Office, which I'm almost done like rewatching it all, then I'll... Yeah, I've never seen Parks and Rec. Oh my god! But I was an extra so on it a bunch of times. I do gotta say, like to preface it, to preface it, like the first two seasons does feel like it's trying to be like an office mock, uh. but then um, it, it, I think uh, midway through the second season, kind of finds its its its, it's grounding, like its mm. footing. And it just it hits the ground running after that. It's just it's so it's it's so fantastic. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Have you guys seen Orville? Oh, not yet. Not yet. No. It's surprisingly good. Yeah. I, I just forgot to mention good. Orville. I, I'm not a, I'm like I said, not a huge fan, but um, there's some actors there that I'm like, ah, they're, they're, they're pretty mm -hmm. good, but I don't believe everything they do, but the writing is so good. So Orville, you know, I think it's a parody on Star Trek, but mm -hmm. it's actually so great just it's on its, its own. It's just science fiction kind of parody in general. It is, too, it right? is. Yeah. But you see all the clean uniform stuff. Yeah. I'm a Star Wars guy, so it looks more Star Trek, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the writing, the, every episode, like, I'm actually cracking up, and it's rare when you watch a comedy and you're actually laughing out loud. So It recommended. takes a lot. Did that get renewed for season two? Or? I don't know. I thought it did. Mm. I don't I'm know. Pretty, I mean, I wouldn't I be surprised so. if it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, they love him on Fox. So, All right, so that, that's settled. Now that the dust has cleared, <laughs> um, let's get into uh, House of Demons. So uh, we actually have the trailer for House of Demons, uh, if we can get that. Rocking and rolling. And we will be talking slightly over it, um, just okay. because uh, it's on... You know, just some. It's awkwardly behind. Yeah, you. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, I was about to say. Uh, if you want to, like, yeah, <laughs> you guys are in it. Yeah, it. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So this movie was. Yeah, Caitlin, uh, it was interesting seeing you today with the much lighter auburn oh, yeah. hair. It looks really nice. And you look good with dark hair too. I feel like Caitlin. Every time I see you not wearing all black, it's a little weird. <laughs> I make a point not to wear all black when I. <laughs> it's like, oh, black. It's hard. Right on. So yeah, just to give the quick uh, synopsis of the film. So four friends reunite and spend the night in a remote home that was once used by a Manson family-like cult. As the night progresses, the friends are forced to confront their deepest secrets and darkest or darkest demons. Boogity boogity. All right. <laughs> Just to get a quick uh, overview of the characters, so we have, uh, it's interesting because uh, to preface it, so it does take place, oh, there's two different time periods taking place at once, so in the present time of the, in the film's uh, universe, it's uh, Gwen, who's played by Kate Borgen, right here, <laughs> right there, <laughs> and then also we have Whitney Moore as Katrina, and we have Matthew, oh no, my bad, sorry, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Matthew, no, Whitney Moore as Katrina. And then we have Matthew, who's played by Jeff Torres, and Spencer, played by Morgan Peter. And then on the cult side, we have the very charismatic and charming leader, <laughs> Fraser, played by Dove Mayer. And then we also have Maya, uh, Amber, played by Amber Benson, who's the, uh, 
I'm guessing she's your wife, right? Or she... no, she's no. just a good friend. She's just a good <laughs> okay. Partner? But she, she's the They're one who hippies. gives. I don't know yeah, if they right? would subscribe like, to well, what to we official have titles. It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's Usually in cults, it can be complicated. Yeah. <laughs> we it's also like have the Pride Alliance. They're all his mates. The Pride of oh yeah. yes, yeah, all of them. <laughs> yes. And then we have um, the character of Samantha, played by Tiffany Smith, and she's more. She's the one who gets. Well, I guess let's not. I, guess we, yeah, I was not like, oh, we that. can't be the guest. Spoil it. Let's just say she's my enforcer. Oh, that's yeah, a good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, she's okay. like your right hand man, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the other right hand man, Derek, which is brown, uh, played by Brian Towns. Mm-hmm. And and on the more miscellaneous side of characters, we have Dave, played by uh, Tillerson uh, Jaffe or Jay Jaffe. Jaffe, Jaffe, yeah. right? Okay, uh, cool. Critical role, very popular show yeah. now. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. on the Geek and Sundry, right on. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know if this is I guess it's not really a spoiler. We have the demon himself, <laughs> Parado- played by Paradox Pollock. Mm-hmm. Right on. So that's just a quick overview of the characters. And um, so I actually want to start, it off, start this off with just like some quick technical questions. As okay. in like, where was this film shot? I was in uh, Santa Clarita, basically oh. in the Angeles National Forest. Um, oh. So we had a sort of... Uh, cabiny looking house as you see in the film uh, mm-hmm. out in the middle of the woods it was very remote there was no phone service oof uh, no running water ooh and, uh, oh, yeah. uh, the bathroom had some issues so we had, <laughs> you know uh, day one yeah day one that already oh, sounds no. like a horror movie yeah yeah, yeah that's what uh, people said but it, it was a great location because we could kind of uh, run around and yell and you know fake murder people and things in the woods and nobody bothered us ever so it was a fun um i think it was i think it was a fun experience for me at least what do you guys think for the month mo- caitlin yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it i mean it it was it wasn't it was far enough away from the city that you know you're not in la but it wasn't we we made the commute back and it wasn't too far um and i don't know it kind of being stuck on a location like that when it's so hot and there's so many things going against you still coming together to make the film and actually like bond it was a it was a much more intimate experience than it would have been if we were just like on the set or a super comfortable air conditioned running water (laughs) absolutely (laughs) running across working bathroom yeah all the obstacles we had actually built such a level of camaraderie (laughs) what time of year did you film you said it was Uh, hot it was August August yeah Yeah, right SoCal August at triple point, digits? Yeah, oh, triple yeah. digits. At one point, there were actually fire engines we heard in the distance because uh, the fires were happening. Yeah. Oh, we we almost true. had to evacuate at one point. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Luckily, we didn't. And but. how long was the shoot? Uh, it was 13 days, wow. so it was very quick. About less um, than two weeks. So, yeah, we were doing, uh, on average, like seven pages of script a day. Mm. So it yeah. was a real, uh, not a lot of room for error. Patrick felt that by not having any sleep and working constantly, we'd be able to (laughs) just jump right into the movie and things would be just trippy from the beginning. Yeah, I was about to say, because, like... um, Works for the characters. Yeah, the characters are, like, in... Because I guess from what I I got from it was the demon was having some sort of, like... uh, Some sort of, like, powers over the minds of the people who were inside the house that was eventually slowly... Not really corrupting them, but very, like, playing with their minds as in like playing off of their um their internal pain i guess 
Um, so yeah, that works out that there, you guys are in a sense suffering, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so it adds to things. I mean, I wasn't intending to be a method actor, but no, I mean it, it totally works, and I, I appreciate everything. It's uh, appreciate you guys that you guys had to go through that because I think it turned out great. Um, uh, I also want to talk about the budget. Like, how big was this budget? Uh, it was around like a hundred thousand. So it was very low budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we had to shoot so fast because there wasn't, you know, every day is money, yeah. every day is, right. is food and crew and stuff. So it was just about kind of honing in on, uh, I mean, that's part of the reason that the film kind of mostly takes place in this one house, but then there's so many different kind of flashbacks and other elements yeah. that we wound up. It wasn't exactly as like confined as a lot of movies like that might be. Uh, but I think it was just really making the most of it and kind of trying to come up with, you know, different ways to make everything feel exciting and, you know, don't, don't feel constrained or mm-hmm. like there was that movie with like Ryan Reynolds was in a coffin or whatever. And <laughs> you were like, you're like, oh, they managed to keep me like entertained, even though he was in a coffin for 90 minutes. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want it, I wanted to feel big, even though we were working with limited resources. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is conveyed like through the uh, through like how you said, the uh, the flashbacks and everything. And um, also, like, not only, like, expanding the setting of what it, where it takes place, but also expanding on the uh, the characters, like, psychologies at the same time. Where it's like, yeah, you're introduced to them at a face level, but by the way, here's what they're actually, like, going through. Like, here's, like, their internal struggles. Here's, like, what they, they carry around with them every single day. Um, and I thought that was very interesting as, like, it's their, their, their minds are, in a sense, a gateway to the... the uh, the wider world that the film is trying to establish, um, and I th- I thought it was really cool. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, um, yeah, so I wanted to, I, so I gotta say this is such a like a ambitious film because there was it there is some time travel in here, <laughs> and I just want to say like how is this how does this concept come to you because you wrote it as well right yeah um, well I think part of it was I I knew I wanted to write something that I knew I could produce mm-hmm. and would be able to do you know with kind of limited resources but still feel very big um so part of it was thinking about like oh what could we do with you know a confined location and the idea of having uh sort of these friends who had drifted apart i think that's something that's always anybody can relate to because i think we all have people you know we knew in high school or college or whatever that we were super tight with and now you know you never see them so it's interesting to have people who have a lot of history kind of come together mm-hmm. um in terms of uh, kind of Dove's character is sort of, as you said in the description, sort of a, a Charles Manson-y type of uh, 60s cult leader. So when I first moved to L.A., I was kind of curious about, like, the local history. So I read a bunch of books about, like, the weirder side of L.A. And one was about Charles Manson, which is a fascinating book by this guy named Jeff Gwynn. Because if you live here, he'll be like, he drove up Sunset to the 405 or, like, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, that's... <laughs> Very close. So it makes it feel more real. Um, and I think it was also this idea that he was somebody who had sort of like a, an almost like supernatural hold over the people in his group. Mm-hmm. And that he never murdered people. He had he had people would go and murder people for him. Like that's a pretty – it's one thing to be like I am able to you know stab someone. It's another right. thing to be able to be like I am so persuasive and so powerful that I can just say do this and somebody will do it. And I think that was very interesting and more kind of scary. And, you know, um, I wanted to kind of delve into this character and explore the ways that he was able to create this attachment from people. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of what kind of Dove and Caitlin go through in the film is kind of exploring the way that he's 
able to be very charming and very, you know, to the point where you're like, oh, this guy seems great. If it wasn't a horror movie and it was a romantic comedy, you'd be like, oh, man, she finally found, like, the man of her dream. <laughs> but he then, just has his vehicle. Yeah. That's, <laughs> From the past. It's going so well. So, yeah, I think that was one of the big interesting things. I think just the idea of people kind of, you know, facing their demons it was very interesting to me and of kind of people diving into their brain and using different ways of uh, filmmaking to bring the internal to life on mm. screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, is always, you know, some of my favorite movies do that. And I think it was just a really a cool opportunity to take, dive into these people and sort of force them to confront the stuff that's going on in their life in a, a trippy, crazy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. And uh, yeah, you did touch on something that I wanted to ask, Dove. Um, so yeah, so you you played the cult leader and that's a very specific, like, great point of um, how he says, my, oh, Maya comes up to him. Um, after there's some so, some sort of pill swallowing, um, <laughs> um, she comes up and is like, "Oh, you you murder, you you killed them," and then he replies, "I didn't kill them. They gave themselves to the light, or they gave themselves to me." Yeah. And I was just like, "Wow, this guy!" In so like so with that in mind, with that context, it's like how you as an actor, like how do you rationalize this character's motives as like when you're like building this actor building this character like do you did you judge him or did were you like or did you have to like no let's not judge him let's 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 see where he's coming from let's try to rationalize this and like what you what you what was your conclusion to that well listen a lot of of themes that you see in this movie are ubiquitous there are human stories all these people have their own good sides and bad sides and they have to deal with those bad sides there are demons in the movie the his good side mm-hmm. everyone else saw as a bad side it's all about perspective as far as I was concerned, I was being completely altruistic. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can to help those around me better their own lives. And this is what I felt was the path. Mm-hmm. So there never had to be any judging about how do I convince myself that a bad guy is actually a good guy. Bad guys never think they're the good, bad guys. Mm-hmm. And that's what's scarier. Yeah. And when you can relate to the demon, to the bad guy, that's when it starts to get scary. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of antagonists I love. So I, st- I just worked on building um, his altruism, as contradictory as that sounds. Um, he wanted to do good. He wanted to help everyone around him, and of course himself, and help his brother. So it was, uh, it was actually finding that peace inside me that wants to help people around, and wants to help people I care about, and undo things that happened in my past was very easy to do. Well, Gwen certainly liked it. <laughs> I was going to say, be yeah. nit- nitpicky, though. You did say he wants to help himself and then help his Yeah, brother. I was going to say. And I'm Absolutely. like, you said it first and then the second, which I'm like, yeah, I think he wants to help himself. And he does want to help his brother. Sure. Well, it began, it began with helping my brother. That, yeah. that was the mission mm-hmm. from the beginning. And I think that's a justification to, as it goes on, though. Because he's like, gets to enjoy it after. Well, but that's I, our experience as the viewer. I think that's what anybody who kind of has that power is you often, you know, start with a good intent yeah. and then it becomes corrupted. But, I mean, in, in the film, he's doing, the things he's doing do work. So who knows if he had just kept going. And also I think it's interesting with Caitlin. I, I tried to make it so that he never really, like, lies or mm-hmm. does things, you know, misleads people. Yeah. He always tries to tell the truth. And the he doesn't see it, you know, as bad. Other people might see it as bad, but he is never telling people things that, you know, aren't true. Yeah. It's just they're bad sometimes. So. Yeah, the cult member, she's like, he's right. He was telling the truth. And yeah. yeah. 
It's all about perspective. And then, yeah. and then what I got from your character, uh, Dove, was um, he t- like I think it touched on, uh, or I guess like my take on the character was that he couldn't uh, he couldn't accept the death of his brother, and that's what he was chasing throughout. That's mainly the whole reason why this is all happening is to try and save his brother. And I think that's what possibly the greater message of your character is that. You know, when it comes to not being able to accept someone's past of a dear loved one, you're driven to the brink of doing drastic things to yourself and self-harm. Not only that, but feeling responsible for his death. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. Wow, that's interesting. (laughs) So if I didn't tell anybody, if I told someone sooner, or if I stopped him from going into the lake, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of guilt. So I was about to say guilt. Which, again, is ubiquitous. We all feel that. And another character that also uh, touched on guilt was uh, also Spencer with uh, feeling guilty for Dave's condition and the car accident as well. Yeah. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. I think everybody, we kind of tried to have like almost like an original sin moment, as in like they flash back to a moment where their life went awry, or mm-hmm. this is the moment that they perhaps use as a justification for their own problems. And I think a lot of people will do this in their life, and they'll say like, oh, what, you know, and I'd say like whatever, but like... I, you know, didn't get into the good college, and now I don't have a good job, and, like, fuck it, I don't, or, or bleep it, I don't, um, it's okay. yeah. uh, you know, my life, like, I can't turn it around because of something that happened to me. So it's kind of forcing everybody in the movie has to kind of confront this thing, which are bad and are, you know, justifiably things that they feel very bad about, but say, like, can you kind of get past it, or is it going to define the rest of your life? And the similarity, yeah. you brought up Spencer, one of the, my favorite things about the film is the similarity between Fraser and Spencer. Mm-hmm. Spencer could very well be Fraser in another time. If he was at my time period and I was, bo- we were both in the medical field, if he would have tried drugs and he would have came, maybe it came to the same conclusions. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. I, I believe there's a line that says that they say that Spencer looks a lot like Bobby, which was your brother, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of c- comes full circle. That was the mm-hmm. wizard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Caitlin, you also had a very like heavy arc in this film as mm-hmm. well, and I'm I'm curious to know what was your what does this role mean to you because you had dealt with abuse from your mother and mm-hmm. and the neglect. So how is it portraying that, and what does it mean to you? Um, I think that uh, I mean I, I think she felt a a lot of um, guilt as well. I mean, not being you know like 30 years old still basically living the same lifestyle that she had been all of her 20s and just not able to see a way out and to grasp onto relationships. I mean, um, she was just holding on to the past. And I think that, I think when I auditioned for this and that point in my life, I realized like, oh my God, this is kind of me. (laughs) In a way, you know, not just holding, (laughs) no, but like you see again, like the... you relate to it I related to her and felt like this oh wow I get so I have a tough exterior but I'm such a a flower Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I'm a really sensitive person I take things very personally you know like all of that and to see Gwen be so hardened by it but on on the inside she's just got this really big heart and just wants to be accepted but she doesn't even know how to accept herself Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of um you know, that was easy to connect with and kind of look at, okay, what do, what have I been holding on to in my past life that I, like, the choices that I made that are still affecting me in some kind of way, and it's, 
the past, like who am I now? Who am I today? And how can I take control of that? So, um, I mean, totally, like my life is a lot different than Gwen's, but I think that on a very deep level, I related to just her insecurities and mm -hmm. how to kind of move past that despite of mm -hmm. what's happened. And also, she just kind of wanted to tell a story. I mean, she's a writer. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Patrick, was that important for you to have a character that is a writer? Because you, you wrote the film. I mean, I, I think it was something where it was relatable for me. Um, you know, the notion of wanting to, like, put uh, something of yourself or something that's in your brain out there. And I think it's also something that a lot of people do have an ambition to kind of create something, be it a story or, you know, a band or a, a bench or whatever. Like, and it can be hard to do it. I think there's like a big insurmountability and it's kind of like you can feel like something is just too much to tackle. So I, I wanted to kind of create a character who's like people that I know or have encountered who's like, oh, I'd love to do this one day or like I'm trying, but, you know, struggles with it. And I think that everybody has some things that are easier for them and things that are harder for them. And then this was something that was a big challenge for her and she was really trying to do, but had a lot to get through before she could reach that point. But like a overwhelming need to be understood mm -hmm. and to to tell her story, but like not knowing how, it's almost like you're in a prison, so it kind of shuts down. Was it that she didn't know how? Or was it that she was just not confident with enough within herself to actually fulfill what she wanted to do in life? I think that she didn't see the confidence in that way. She didn't know how, but mm -hmm. ultimately, I mean, yeah. Once she gained confidence, was able to kind of find the. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the scene where she's with the the guy who's getting married, um, yep. I felt like she had a chance and he shot her down. So it wasn't even like she didn't try. Because yeah. they come outside and then she's kind of like, this was great and had a good time. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to my car. And I was like, oh, she tried, <laughs> though. Yeah, no, so, she, yeah, she did try. And I mean, that's the thing. I think that she did put herself out there yeah. and mm -hmm. was always that she tried to put herself out there to her dad and mm -hmm. door was closed. So I think just you know and that breaks your confidence yeah so, so absolutely i mean then it's like okay well what do i but rejection you know it has to make you grow stronger like you've mm -hmm. got to find you can't be looking for other to, you can't be looking to other people for approval you can't be saying oh well if you tell me it's okay then i'll feel okay you've got to find that in yourself and i think that's like her overall lesson and lesson for everybody like you've got to i have to find <coughs> You know, my confidence in me not get approval from someone. So we don't care what you guys think about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really do. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's interesting. Well, I think one of the things that I, I was trying to do was kind of create the sense where you could see everything from everyone's perspective. So in the early scenes, Gwen, he, she's, you know, used to hang out with her friends. They get drunk. They whatever. She goes back. She's like, let's have some wine. Let's celebrate. And her to her friend Katrina, this is almost like dredging up a piece of herself that she wants to leave in the past so it's almost as if Gwen is like rubbing her nose in the fact of all this bad stuff that happened to them in the past but to Gwen it's saying I'm reaching out and I'm trying to connect with you so it, it was interesting to try to always see every scene from everyone's perspective and make it where you can sympathize you know it's almost like a video game I guess like you could play anyone in this movie and you could say oh I see why this person did that, and in that perspective, Gwen might seem a little, you know, rude. But if you look from Gwen's side, you're like, oh, these other people are just being rude mm -hmm. and pushing her away. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, you know, that's one of the cool things I think about an ensemble movie is that you get to see a bunch of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I gotta say, and um, yeah, like there's, I, I like kind of like laid it out for me because like how, because in a sense, like everyone that walked through that door, they all had their own demons with it, and it was uh, again Spencer with Dave's condition, and it was Katrina who lied to Matthew about uh the 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 miscarriage where she actually in reality she well uh, <laughs> wait <laughs> my bad <laughs> i just thought myself but anyways um and then there's also a, a gwen who i felt was like the most uh, multifaceted one who because um she had like the most feeling of inadequacy and like she always would compare herself to her mother because everyone loved her mother more than you know actually like loved her or something or like it was easier for the mom to get men whereas she uh, had trouble with um and i gotta say overall it's like i think it's just like a study of 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 the human condition and uh how how either if you can if you can embrace your your own faults then you can thrive afterwards but if you don't then you fall victim to the demon mm-hmm. to your own demon and uh and it's uh i don't think like you said um uh, it's gonna it's gonna uh um like like it's gonna like judge your life for the rest of, for the rest of it pretty much. It's gonna you're gonna be on that path until yeah. you're able to do that, and uh, yeah, I think it was a it was a great film. It has a lot of uh, like a, a, a themes to, that it touches on, and I would just like uh, as we're winding down here, I would just like to ask you uh, you uh, one by one, um, just uh, so what did this uh, film mean overall for you, and what do you hope audiences take from it? I mean, I I think for me it was the first chance to make a narrative film and to kind of get like I love working with actors and I think it was honestly like the best part of the most fun part of this was working with all the actors and working with them to kind of create these characters and I think it was a real collaboration like it's fun I mean I love like sitting at my house and just sitting on the computer and editing stuff but (laughs) it's very fun to get out there and be you know talking with the cinematographer talking with the production designer and having everybody else kind of bring what you know something of themselves to the movie and working with the actors and there was a lot of scenes i think where we would kind of you know work the lines together and work the beats and and bring it to life mm-hmm. off the page uh you know in a different way and i think that was just i mean it was so much fun just to be able to create a project that you know was meaningful to me and to be able to put it out there and um i mean i think for for the audiences i hope that they kind of you know go in with an open mind and try to find you know the blend of, you know, something emotionally relatable and some fun horror stuff and are able to kind of get both out of it. Um, and, you know, enjoy someone being murdered, <laughs> think about their own life. Like, so I, it should be, you know, fun and substantive. That's kind of the goal um, for me with the movie. I, I feel like you accomplished it, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Doug? Um, well, I'd like to believe that the universe, there's a, a method to the bad, madness. You know, there's a reason for everything. And, as an actor, roles come into my life, hopefully for a reason. You know, so hopefully every role that I get, there is a mission, there's a story that can change my life or see my own personal life in a certain way. And uh, there's a story, I forget who it was, there's a famous actress who did a movie about uh, her kids were killed. And people asked her, like, did you imagine your own kids getting killed? She said, no, of course not. I imagined my kids in this role. But what it does, did was, when I was done, I went home and hugged my kids tighter. So it wasn't about affecting, you know, it wasn't about your life, but it's how does it affect your life afterwards? How do you mm-hmm. see the world a different way? Mm-hmm. So this movie is a, it's a wonderful movie where there's so many stories that everyone can relate to. So I took from it, you know, I was able to see in my life what can I appreciate or what are the demons in my life that I can work towards and find the courage to fight. And I'm hoping that everyone who watches this, they'll look back afterwards and 
think about their own demons and see <laughs> how they can affect and how can they, uh, you know, how can they meet paradox? How they, <laughs> how hopefully they can defeat their own demons. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. And last one. Um, wow. I, uh, um, I think that the film playing Gwen, kind of like I said, because she goes on such a big arc and where she starts and where she finishes and, um, you know, changes, I don't know, every character I play, it changes me in some kind of way. Just as Dove's saying, it's, it, it, um, my perspective shifted and a little bit more, I think, I was, I looked at myself a little bit differently and maybe how I need to take care of myself better or be a little softer on myself. Like, I don't have to um, beat myself up so much. I think that that really shined a light on that. And so that for me is huge, you mm -hmm. know, if I can take one positive thing to treat myself better after I play a character, like, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's big. And not, and I don't mean that like in a super dark <laughs> way. I just, right. you know, it's, it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to beat myself up. Like, yeah. I'm okay. Like, we're all okay. Like, everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. um, and it was such a fun experience. We all, you know, being in the kind of, sharing um a, an experience being on set being on a film like this it's like it only happens once it can only happen one way it's such a unique experience and people that you meet you'll remember them forever like mm -hmm. getting to work with them and the, that one experience that we all shared together um it's cool it's really special so i'm really glad i was a part of it yeah, I am too. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. We wish we were a part. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are. We now you are. And now we've experienced it. Welcome. <laughs> no, that was great. Yeah, and also to touch along the on touch on the like the whole like it's gonna be okay. Like when I like I like to remind myself like there's no right way to live. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like you just do your thing. Like you know, there's no like no you have to you have to live like no just breathe and keep going, keep moving. Mm -hmm. Uh, and defeat your demons for sure. <laughs> just punch them in the face. Or don't be afraid to, you know, yeah. take them head on. Yeah. Take, yeah, exactly. Just plunge, plunge, uh, face first. And also, <laughs> <laughs> and also, we have so the uh, the little uh, giveaway we were we were teasing at the top is uh, these awesome posters Ooh. right here, House of Demon, that are actually oh, signed by the director himself, I'm guessing, and yep. the cast and crew. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, that's also, why we love them. <laughs> these aren't for oh, this one's to give away, but these aren't. But they're still really cool, and I would love to show these as well. Sure. Oh, this, oh, okay. Uh, these, oh my lord! I love, I love that one. one. It's beautiful. And this is, uh, I believe, an original painting, right? Yeah, it's by uh, Steve artist Clef. Steve Clef, who's at Clef C L E F F on Twitter. Nice. Right on. He did an amazing job. So hit him up. Tell him you love his work, because I surely do. Mm. It's really awesome. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's uh, that pretty much wraps up our show. Uh, thank you thank all you so guys. much for thank coming you. in. Thank really you appreciate so it. Thank you. I was, like, super psyched to talk about this, because, like, <laughs> I was... Like I saw this movie late at night, and I was just like, oh, I was like dissecting it all in my little notebook here, and I was just very excited to get into the thick of it, you know? Nice. Um, so I really appreciate you guys coming in, and uh, go ahead and then put yourself over with your social media and your name and everything. Sure. Uh, well, the the movie's available on iTunes, <laughs> Amazon, Google, Video on Demand. Uh, the DVD is available at a lot of WalMarts. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, check it out. It's pretty much anywhere you can pay three dollars and watch the movie you can do it so that's that's very cheap three dollars is uh you know 
if you saw three dollars sitting on the ground and it was in a dirty area, you wouldn't pick it up. So I think you can uh, But anyway, so yeah, check it out. Houseofdemonsmovie.com is uh, you can find a whole list there. And then I'm at uh, Patrick Meany, which is just uh, M-E-A-N-E-Y, my name. Uh, spelled out on Twitter, and you can get all the updates. Or House of Demons X on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Somebody took yeah. House of Demons, so <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? We uh, tweeted that out too for our show as well. Uh, but yeah, check it out, and uh, you'll find all kinds of cool stuff on there. Okay. Yeah, check out the movie; it's great. I'm a Dove Mayer at at Dove Mayer D O V E M E I R. And if you're ever feeling lonely at night, hop just uh, throw House of Demons in the DVD player, and I'll keep you company. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you in? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I'm um, at Caitlin Borgen. Um, that's my Instagram. And at Miss M I S S. Caitlin is Twitter. So thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Oliver. Hey guys, I'm Oliver Jen. Follow me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer and check out my cosplay page on Instagram at Ollie Cosplays. I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and my name's Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D Lane. That's K A R I D L A N E. And tune in at 6 p.m. I'll be talking with this one and another host. And we are going to have a special guest for AfterBuzz Anime Reviews. We're talking about Be the Beginning, episodes 5 through 8. Right on. And just to reiterate, just comment on our show on YouTube and or leave a, uh, leave, Give a thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> and also leave a uh, five-star review on iTunes. And uh, we'll pick the winner based off of the uh, whoever does that. I'll pick a raffle at the end of the month, which is probably next week, I think. And yeah, you'll get this awesome poster I showed you earlier. And again, my name is Anthony Becerra. You can find me everywhere at Tony B, just a little B. Uh, the letter B, uh, Tony B. Tony underscore. Tony B. Tony underscore. Thank you all so much. This Thank was you. Horror Movie News. Thank you all for Go joining us. Yes. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.